T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, it's T. Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports timeout as we broadcast live from the Wendy's studios. Don't forget when the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's within 24 hours after every Bucks victory. Get yourself a free Frosty. Joining us now, he is Kurt Hogue. Follow him on Twitter at Kurt, spelled C-Y-R-T, Hogue, H-O-G-G, Brewers beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, Brewers have had a busy offseason already uh, with David Stearns now stepping aside. Uh, Matt Arnold now taking over over day-to-day operations uh, on the baseball side of things. But as you have pointed out on social media, he is not the president of baseball operations. So how does this work now going forward for the Brewers? It's a similar structure uh, in terms of, you know, there's a head guy and then there's a, that ultimately makes all the decisions. And then there's a, a handful of highly regarded uh, other like top level uh, baseball ops people and the entire group obviously working underneath them. Uh, it's just it's just more so that he does not have the same title, uh, pay grade, I guess, that comes with being a president of baseball operations, maybe a little more autonomy as well on that side. But at the end of the day, uh, Matt Arnold is is in charge of all all uh, baseball operations as it regards to, to the club and, and the franchise. You know, when we talk about this offseason, Mark Atsadasio, you know, has this whole deal answering questions and stuff uh, on Friday uh, and talks about how, you know, the the Brewers are going to be aggressive. uh, And right away, you know, fans don't believe him and fans don't believe uh, that being aggressive means that he's going to spend a bunch of money and go out and get free agents. And to be honest with you, aggressive might mean maybe they extend Corbin Burns. Maybe they extend Brandon Woodruff and lock one of those guys in. But I don't know if I can see both of those things happening in one offseason, Kurt. I, I I think you've got it. You're going to end up having to pick or choose uh, whether you want you know the, the big name free agent or an extension. It's unsure that you're you know <laughs> no guarantee that you're going to get either, uh, and you're certainly probably not going to be able to extend both uh, Woodruff and Burns. Right. Not to mention Willie Adamas, maybe could be in that conversation as well. Um, although the shortstop market, <laughs> with some of, you've seen some of these contracts that are about to be given out, this one of the shortstop market is going to be looking quite lucrative for him in a couple of years. So, um, it's it's a it's a lose 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 sort of uh, to kind of come out and and speak as an owner sometimes, uh, just in terms of it's it's tough to say things that people are going to want to hear. But I think it is important that the owner does it, and it was it was good that Mark Asanasio did kind of do that that club town hall. But I, I will say part of the lose lose, I guess, does come from the fact that you don't give the answers that people want to hear. Um, and I understand that they're not 
you know, it's not their, they're never going to come out and, and say things just to appease people. But um, I do wonder if it would not hurt someone from the front office to kind of, kind of come out and say, okay, yeah, we're going to spend a little more money this offseason. I understand there may be some leverage that maybe you're giving up a little bit here and there by saying something like that. But I feel like you, you gain a lot of traction and uh, some brownie points with fans if you were just, you know, just just said that your intention was to spend more this offseason so instead of kind of leaving this this cloud of, of mystery over what's going to happen the next three months. Okay, let's talk about this. Who is your core? I, I don't know what their core is, but for, for me, it's Woodruff, it's Burns, and that might be it. I might stop there. I, I don't know if Willie Adamas is part of that necessarily going forward. I know fans love him and so forth. Would I be heartbroken if they traded Willie Adamas? No, probably not. Uh, Rowdy Tellez, another fan favorite, uh, and right now he's giving you the power that you want at first base, and that's fine. Yelich has a gigantic contract, so you're stuck with him as part of your core, whether you want him to be uh, or not at this point. And Renfro's on the last year of his deal, and you know, based on some of the people that you read, they think Renfro could be a trading chip this offseason. Yeah, when I think when I think of you know who I would put in a core, it's it's the guys whose value is really difficult to replace to your team. So it's obviously Burns. It's obviously Woodruff. I think Willie Donis has to be in that group. To me, because he plays, you know, the most important position defensively besides from, from catcher, plays it really well, uh, and, you know, is at, at the moment still pretty cheap for uh, the value that he provides. I think he's been like a top five or top six shortstop in all of baseball since the Brewers traded for him. So, uh, you're getting a lot out of out of him for you know not a lot of pay, and then I, I think he, I think you could throw Freddie Peralta and Devin Williams in there as well. Um, Devin Williams has proven to be you know one of the top three relievers in baseball probably, and then Peralta's had some injury struggles, but you know ever since every time he's been on the mound since 2020, he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball. So um, if you're looking at like like the the to take the best five guy cores, I guess. I think that's five that I said. Yeah, you said from, four pitchers you know, and a hitter. From, yep. And a hitter, yep. It's, it's about right for the, the roster construction. I think there's some other guys that you could argue are part of the core, like Yelich, I guess, is part of the core, but I don't think you're viewing him as like Agreed. an irreplaceable player. Yep. Um, you just can't, can't really move off of him. But I don't think the Brewers are that far behind a lot of these other teams in terms of like their top top players, you know, they may not have Arenado and, and Goldschmidt like, like the Cardinals do, but I'll tell you what, the Cardinals sure wish they had Burns and Woodruff, so um, you know, it may not be Astros level, but uh, it's it's up there, and the, like a lot of these guys only have, you know, like a couple of years left uh, on their contracts in Milwaukee, so th- this would be theoretically the, the time to strike uh, in terms of going out and acquiring some other guys. So where 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 do you go? What do you do in order to add, you know, hitters? Because I think I think most of us agree that's what they're looking for here. And I stated during the season, this team, this lineup doesn't have one hitter that anybody fears at this point in a big situation. Like you brought up Goldschmidt and Arenado, pitchers feared those guys in big situations. Pitchers feared Braun and Fielder. Pitchers feared Yelich there for a couple of years. Uh, in those situations, I don't think that guy exists right now in this lineup. And how do you go get one or two of those guys with what you currently have to kind of support uh, four of your core pieces in your pitchers? Well, I think the farm the farm system's finally in a spot where, you know, if and not not saying that they should sell a ton of assets away, you know, deplete the farm completely, but I think it's in a spot where 
you can give up a trade from some depth in the minor leagues with some of these top guys that they have, not completely deplete the farm and, you know, mortgage the future, while also getting a, a really good player in return. Um, so I don't know if this, this will be the offseason where they do that. They have not been inclined to operate that way. But then again, that was David Stearns calling the shots. So we'll see what kind of, how kind of Matt Arnold uh, views that, uh, that, that dynamic of, of future versus present. And then I think there's also some interesting uh, like short contract length guys in free agency that are impact bats, it's, which doesn't always happen. It happened a few years back. If you remember when the Brewers like, were really good at taking advantage of that with Moustakis and, uh, and Yasmani Grandal being available for one-year deals. I think Jose Abreu might be a guy that would be just a perfect fit uh, on the roster and the lineup and probably wouldn't need to sign him for more than two, maybe three, but I'm not even sure that you know it'll, it'll require that much because he's an older older guy who still produces. And so there's a couple guys. Um, it's, you know, the Brewers are opportunistic. Uh, they can they definitely open up the pocketbooks a little bit and, and improve the offense because they're not, they're not far off. I mean, they have a bunch of okay hitters, but like you said, there's not that one guy who just who elevates the entire group. How would you uh, evaluate uh, Omar Narvaez's time as a Brewer, and then the future of that position next year? It was, it was uh, all in all productive, but in a perplexing way compared. To, like when you think about how he was viewed as a player when the Brewers acquired him, he was a guy who was quite honestly bad defensively uh, before the Brewers traded for him and was considered one of the better offensive catchers in baseball. But then by the time he left Milwaukee, you know, this, this year offensively, he was, it just didn't pr- provide anything, uh, especially over the last like four months. I think he only had three, maybe four, but probably three homers all year. Um, so but then again, he turned into a great uh, defensive catcher. His, his pitch receiving is framing. He always graded out excellently there. And I think the pitchers enjoyed working with him. So, but that that's probably the spot where the Brewers have the easiest and most obvious upgrade. There's not a guy, there's not an incumbent in that position. I mean, Victor Caratini still, you know, we still have control over him, but I don't think he's the guy, uh, the everyday guy going forward. So that's a spot that the Brewers are probably going to have to address, whether it's via trade or the free agent market. But so the they don't. Market's do, not, do they yeah, not trust Feliciano good. then? I just, I, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of not trusting him. But I just don't think. Mario Feliciano is is the guy who you want to throw in as an everyday catcher on a team that's trying to win a World Series. Because of defense? Just the whole package. I mean, it's it's not like you you saw what the Brewers got from catcher this year, yep. and you want to you you want you want a guy back there that is going to be able to provide you more both on off or maybe not more defensively but more offensively and like a a, a more total package and i just don't think feliciano is he might get there but i don't think it's a wise thing to bank on him being you know that three four win catcher uh right off the bat especially with the bat if they were to trade a renfro and McCutcheon obviously isn't going to be here. So now that would free up two outfield spots, maybe three if you were to move Yelich to the designated hitter role uh, at that point. What kind of chances would you give on the Brewers having one of these hotshot prospects down in the minors uh, up and starting on opening day next year? Well, I think the center fielder, the, the starting center fielder on opening day will be one of them. Uh, I just I have a tough time seeing them going out and getting like a Brandon Nimmo or someone in right. the field. 
Um, so, I mean, I guess it depends on whoever the opening day starter is technically who gets that matchup. But uh, I think Sal like is, is legitimately a ready to contribute at the big leagues right now. He was obviously too good for AAA after they called him up. I think what, like a 40-game on base streak um, after getting called up, which is, you know, quite absurd for a guy who started the year at high A. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, and that's where their depth is. Their depth is in the minor leagues is in the outfield. They have... You know, they have Ruiz, they have Mitchell, they have Freelich, they have Joey Weimer, you know, Curio's a little farther down. I don't think he's, I don't think that's the guy you want to trade, but like they have the guys that should be able to be big leaguers, you know, big league regulars or some sort of role. Um, and you can only play so many of them. So I I do think it would be, they'd be wise to pay Renfro for another year. Although if there's a chance to sell high in them, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, knock them for that either, but just kind of as a holdover, um, until maybe Joey Weimer's, you know, if he's still around, able to take over in right field or, or whatever ends up happening. But uh, I'm just not sure that, you know, when you're searching for offense, trading away the guy who is your best hitter by a decent margin this year. Uh, I don't know if that's a great idea. Have, have we gotten any sense of the differences between Matt Arnold and David Stern to this point? Like, is there any sense uh, that if Prince Fielder was there in the draft that Matt Arnold would take him? Because I'm pretty much certain there was no way David Stearns would have taken Prince Fielder in that draft based on his drafting philosophy. Do, do we know if it's going to be relatively the same up-the-middle guys, same position, kind of uh, specific year in and year out? That is a great hypothetical. I mean, it's impossible to answer if the Brewers would have taken Fielder, but um, kind of just with like the the general mold of the guys they take, it's not high school bats that play first base. So um, I, it's it'll be it's it's going to be seen how different they are. I mean, Matt Arnold was David Stern's right hand man for the last what eight years, so no doubt there's a lot of similarities there. But I, they come from a little bit of a different background. Um, you know, Arnold has a little more scouting background in him, um, whereas you know Stern's was just kind of always on the you know the in, in the office sort of of the debate that, that sort of the baseball ops side although i think they do they do view the game fairly similarly uh matt arnold did say at his opening press conference that they do view some things differently uh and i asked him i have a follow-up like what what do you view differently and uh that question got sidestepped. So we aren't, it'll be, but one way or the other over the next year, a couple of years, we'll see kind of how they operate differently. And, you know, does that impact their willingness to kind of give longer free agent contracts? Is it in terms of like trading prospects in terms of like how you do the draft? Um, I figure they're probably going to draft similarly to how they have, but uh, we will see. Did you ever sense that things weren't going well after that hater trade, as far as you know, how much Stearns was around, how much Mark was around, how much you saw the relationship between Council and Stearns and Mark uh, versus earlier in the year, were there any kind of warning signs that things maybe were amiss after that uh, fiasco uh, in the second half of the season? So I don't think there was any. I don't think there was much disruption within like the the front office management relationship. You know, we always saw Matt Arnold around and 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 Stearns was kind of hanging out as well. I, I will say the one thing that stood out to me was after the, they bruised, after they traded Josh Hader, I do think, I, I think Stearns needed to be in Pittsburgh. I think that was a, mis, a, a misstep, a kind of a misreading of the situation. They certainly underestimated like the, just the reaction from the players, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and they're how, 
disappointed and like it would have how disappointed they would be and it would affect them. So, um, and I think Stearns might even admit to that, you know, looking back at it now at like how they, where they went wrong in that. So I, I, I do get a sense that from some players in the clubhouse, they kind of thought, you know, maybe privately, not really saying it out loud, but uh, that, that Stearns was on his way out, whether it was this year or next year. Um, I, I don't, I, I can't really speak to why that was, but I think there was that lingering thought sort of just, existing. Well, because it was all over the media that Stearns and the Mets were, were trying to get together. I mean, I'm not surprised they thought that. I'll tell you what I am surprised about. I'm surprised Eric Lauer just talking uh, publicly uh, and open and freely as he's talking. I mean, this isn't a superstar <laughs> player talking here. This is a, a guy that's, you know, middle middle of the rotation type player uh, and just not giving a flying you-know-what and, and just saying what's on his mind. I I, I'm surprised by that. I, I tweeted out the other day. I was like, so who thinks he gets traded this offseason? Uh, and everybody's <laughs> like, that'd be pretty petty, you know, if they were to trade him. But it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're like, we don't need this. We don't need this at all. We can move on from you. You're not Woodruff. You're not Burns. We don't need this distraction going forward every time we do something that you don't like. I, I was taken aback by how forthright he was in this whole thing. Like, like I said in, in the... The story we had up yesterday on, the, on JS Online about how the Brewers, you know, Eric Lauer says that they need to pay, spend more. And yeah. then I kind of went on to agree with him uh, in, in parts of that. But uh, I think uh, the, the the lead for that was Eric Lauer is not going to be confused for someone that's bashful. No, uh, no. he is. He's he's not meek. Uh, he's 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 a he's def, he's definitely a positive clubhouse presence. Like he's not. It's 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 not like he's tearing apart. The clubhouse either I, I do feel like there is some of it is him like these aren't just conversations that he's having with himself there are other players that feel this way uh and eric lauer is just the one who doesn't care and he's gonna he's gonna bring it up sort of on his own and and tell you what he wants and um wants to say and in they, they know they the players aren't dumb they know what they're doing when they talk to the media and then give quotes like these and and there's a, a part of you like, can you blame them? You know, they, they want to win right now. And whether or not it actually applies pressure on the front office by saying these things, but sometimes it's good to just air it all out there and get your opinion out there. Now, whether or not he, uh, <laughs> what court it strikes in the front office, uh, we'll see this winter. I got one last one for you. Was Lorenzo Kane leaving a bigger deal to that clubhouse than even Josh Hader being traded? I don't think it was a bigger deal than Josh Hader being traded, no. But I will say they missed his presence for sure, especially the last two months. Now I, I don't know how I just don't know how long you could have you know kept him around when he was hitting, playing the way he was. I think it was you know a very sensible decision to cut bait with him after you get him to that ten-year service mark. But uh, there was just something. Something, some cohesiveness missing up until maybe the last few weeks of the season, when they seemed to start, start you know, start really kind of rallying together a little bit. Um, but th- they certainly missed his his just everything about him, the things that he would you know do, um, just the way he was around the team. But uh, I don't know how you, you know, I don't know what the trade off for that is when a guy's you know got what like a four fifty five hundred OPS. Uh, <laughs> so. Although for a couple of months there after they got rid of him, they did struggle in center field. I think Tyrone Taylor got cold and then Jonathan Davis obviously didn't right. hit very much. So, uh, you know, maybe they could have called up Mitchell 
a little bit earlier, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a difficult balance to strike when you've got such an important clubhouse guy, but you just can't play him. It's going to be fun to see just how active the Milwaukee Brewers are. And as the Brewers make moves, we'll talk to Kurt Hogue as well. Brewers beat reporter, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter at Kurt Hogue, C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G. Give him a follow. You'll love it. And uh, always a fun follow on Twitter as well. Kurt, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. There he is, Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Again, these interviews that we do each and every day, Monday through Friday, 55 past the hour. You can hear a couple of minutes of it, and then you come to 1250amthefan.com or the Odyssey app, and you can listen free every day, every time we put new interviews up. Brewers, Bucks, college basketball. We'll talk Marquette. We'll talk Badgers. We'll talk UW-Milwaukee Panthers uh, throughout the season, just like we would if we had the big show still going. And plus, plenty of Packers, plenty of Bucks, all scattered in there uh, as well. So tell your friends, tell your family, check out 1250amthefan.com and your Odyssey app uh, each day during the week and uh, get the latest interviews. You can listen to the you know, 10, 15, 20-minute interviews while you're working out on the elliptical or uh, on, a, on a car ride somewhere or at lunch. Throw those uh, AirPods in and, and listen then. And always uh, some fun. And again, if you guys have any suggestions on guests you'd like to see me uh, talk to or whatever the case may be, just tweet me at Sparky Radio and I'll see if I can uh, hunt down said person uh, and do that for you. Have a good one. See you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.